Welcome to A Pair of Bookends, the book club you can carry anywhere. I'm your host, Hannah MacDonald, and I'm hopefully your new bookish pal. Welcome, bookends, to a very exciting Christmas special. This year, I am joined by the wonderful Sapphire from Book Bodega to chat through our favourite reads of 2023, what should be on your 2024 pre-order lists, and we'll be bringing you lots of festive fun along the way. So, Sapphire, welcome to a pair of bookends. Oh, thank you so much. I've literally been in your DMs for months. Like, can I come on? Can I come on? <laughs> Please invite me. <laughs> I've got a more embarrassing story, actually. And it's that I was following Sapphire long before Book Bodega even existed on my personal oh. account. <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> I'm really like dropping myself in it here but I I went back on our shared activity on because you can do that you can see when you follow somebody so I went back yesterday on my personal account I was like I wonder I wonder like what year it was that I followed you and it says on there 2021 but I'm convinced it was before that and I think I followed you again in 2021 you know when you want somebody to notice you you creep I'm such a creep. I was like, what on earth is that? I was like, no, it was before 2021. And then I was like, oh my God, I bet I did that. Like, I bet I was like, oh, I want to be friends. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you might have, that's a bit too subtle for me. I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, that I'm meant, such a loser. Like, she wants to be my friend. <laughs> no, it's really embarrassing. Um, it's not though, because I'm always trying to make friends on, because some people are like, oh, I met my best friend on Instagram. And I'm like, how are you doing that? Like, exactly. How do you like, and I'm, I am the same person, like, in that I'm, like, the people that I kind of, like, admire or I think, like, oh, you know, some people are just, like, I'd be good friends with them. Yes. I'll be, like, popping in there, like, replying to their stories, like, ha, ha, ha. Like, <laughs> that's literally what I'm like. Oh, don't. It's so embarrassing. But that is exactly what happened with me. And I I think I was following you when you were living, you were living abroad. When I was in Ibiza. Yeah. I, I didn't mention the fact that you were living in Ibiza. I knew it was Ibiza, but... <laughs> it was to be fair I've lived in a few places so I was trying to see how far back we're going here I could have been like when I was in Thailand and I'd be like you creep that was like a decade ago (laughs) no it's Ibiza it was Ibiza I basically started following you because you were sharing books all the time and I was like oh my gosh like how does this girl read so much and then like I would look at all your book recommendations and like add it to like a wish list because I felt like we had like similar tastes in some areas but then you were trying books that like I wouldn't like I've never tried so obviously you have book bodega now which we'll get into but where did your kind of journey start with reading I have always loved reading I I mean I I think always like since I learned to read because I can remember being like I was maybe like 10 11 and I remember we were like went on one holiday I think we went to somewhere in France like a caravan holiday and it uh, pissed it down for the entire two (laughs) weeks so we were just stuck in this caravan and I read the entire Chronicles of Narnia like I just sat and read back to back like so I've been reading kind of voraciously since I was young like I will just consume everything And purely because I find it really fun. Like I've always loved being in a book and that just kind of continued. I'd say it like petered off probably a little bit when I was in secondary school because you're kind of making friends and starting to go out and do things. I probably was reading a bit less then, but I still always had books. And then I kind of probably got back into my 20s and then started reading to the same level I did when I was young, which is a lot. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. And who was the authors that you loved when you were younger? Oh my God, so many different ones. I kind of loved fantasy and magical stuff. I really, yeah, I really loved kind of anything that would help me escape. And I think Mm -hmm. that's quite common in lots of children. There's always adventure stories. So anything where something crazy happened because... I'd love to imagine that like I was there and like, like oh my God, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just so fun. I don't know how people don't love it. So yeah, I, I, I can't remember like specific authors necessarily. And I think just because I was reading so much when I was young, yeah. which yeah, in some ways is really good. In some ways, probably not great for like remembering stuff. Mm. But yeah, I would read it, pretty much anything I was given. I would read because I just wanted to to read loads when I was reading a lot in like my like early 20s, I was reading loads of kind of like thrillers and stuff like that. Yeah. Basically, I didn't have that much money and I could only really get books from the charity shops. So I'd yeah. go around and like I'd have like, I don't know, like £4.50 and I'd be like, right, let's see how many books I can get with like £4.50 in, in tiny change, <laughs> like including like two P's and one P. <laughs> and so I'd be kind of at the mercy of whatever people whatever had chosen to don- donate. So that I mean, that's when I got really into Stephen King because you could get loads of Stephen King I can imagine yeah in charity shops so yeah I I know it was kind of like I didn't have as much choice whereas nowadays I'm I can read kind of more of what I want um what's your favorite genre now do you have a favorite I guess just literary fiction I think I mean I love a family saga I'm really finding that I find those really fascinating and weirdly really like books about marriages that aren't working Um, oh my gosh me too me too oh my god do you know what as well I love an affair storyline love them yeah and I've really enjoyed kind of things like uh you know like my dark Vanessa where it's kind of like the power dynamics the kind of like yeah teachers and and what have you yeah I find that really fascinating so but yeah so much so much did you read this year um this is just going back to the sort of family sagas and the marriages not working did you read collected works by Lydia Sandgren yes I loved it so good and it was such a huge book as well but like I enjoyed all of it it wasn't like so good and you know what like I don't feel like it's been that highly rated by people and I thought it was amazing yeah I thought it was really good as well so yeah I'm surprised it's not had more I mean I remember Pandora Sykes recommending it and it's always kind of good if she gives a book the spotlight because Mm. I feel like a lot of people go to her for book recommendations but yeah I've not seen it kind of in when I go into shops I don't see it like straight away do you know what I mean it's not in the displays and people are like put off by the size of it I I find the chunkier a book a lot of people like in the bookshop a lot of people will be like whoa whereas I love a big book because I read so quick so I'm like oh this is gonna last me a bit you always read so quick yeah I people are kind of like how do you do it and I'm like I don't know I just read the words on the page which is not very <laughs> helpful to people but it's not I don't do it on purpose like, yeah it just is my it's just the speed that I read at but I yeah. think it's also just that I, I carry a book because so many people are always like oh how do you read so much like again and again people ask this question as though there's some kind of like magic trick that I have to like be able to read that much but I read all the time. Like I'll like my other half will put the telly on and I'll sit on the sofa with a book and then I'll read right. when I go up to bed. I always have a book in my bag. So if I get like five minutes, like anywhere, I'll be like, like waiting in the line for a coffee. I'm like book open. Like stop. I love that. My pages in. Like I just <laughs> constantly. I'm so reading. good. I, I really respect that. <laughs> That's like next level. 
yeah the one thing I haven't nailed I have seen people who like can walk and read yes I I'll tell you what I have tried that once and that was purely because I was reading on the train and I hadn't finished the I think I was like really close to the end of the chapter and I could see I had like two pages left to read and I was like well I can't stop her like I need to get to the end of this chapter and it was like really good so I was like right okay I'm just gonna walk along the platform like with this book and that was a bit chaotic but it was fine yeah I'm too clumsy I've tried I'm clumsy I don't know why I thought I could do that no I just walked into many things (laughs) I was like okay this is probably actually quite dangerous I'm gonna stop Okay, so you brought up Book Bodega briefly, but I want to talk more about Book Bodega because I love that I got to watch, I mean, because I'm such a creep, I have obviously seen (laughs) you go through a couple of different career choices and you, Coven, the Coven, is that what it was called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, does, does that, that doesn't exist anymore, does it? No, no, that closed earlier this year. And didn't you have like a flower business before that? Yes. Was that ages ago? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to figure out the timeline for this. And now you are a bookshop owner. And I feel like from following you, like not personally on Instagram, <laughs> I feel like you are the type of person that is just like a proper go-getter. And I have so much respect and time for that because I feel like some people will say, oh, I really wish that I could do this, this and this. But you're the kind of person that will just do it. Like you get an idea and you're like, actually, I'm going to make this work. And we have some more exciting news on the fact that you are like that. But we will come to that later. (laughs) Uh, So how did Book Bodega come about? What was the kind of process for that? Tell us all about that. It was really, really spontaneous. I mean, I've always wanted a bookshop, but I always imagined, I kind of thought, it'd be something I'd do in like like another 20 30 years right so yeah something that you kind of did on your way to maybe like retirement like Mm -hmm. yeah that was always what I envisioned just because I always thought of bookshops as like not very profitable and yeah just thought that that would be a nice nice way to do it and yeah I mean literally I was on a walk with my other half and we walked past a shop in Ramsgate where I live and it was really beautiful and it was to let and I was like oh my god I was like wouldn't that make the most beautiful bookshop and my other half who uh, has been a chef in the past was like oh you could sell coffees and we could make like pastries and sandwiches Mm. and stuff and you could have like a bit of everything and then the way that my brain works is just like let's do it so I mean literally (laughs) I went home I rung up the estate agents asked to go and view it went and viewed it and was like I love it and then yeah was like oh my god could we actually do this so I went to the bank and was like how do I get a loan like would you even give me a loan how does that work and they were basically like yeah you just do it through the app and then this is the amount you can get you just do it through the app just like that I know it's a bit a bit scary really it's quite commitment alone (laughs) and they're just like tippity tap you've got some money crazy Mm, very crazy but all that was fine I was like okay so I put together a list of like startup costs of like how much I thought it would cost. Anyway, that space ended up going. Right. The landlord ended up letting it privately to somebody they knew, even though I'd pretty much straight away been like, I want it. But I mean, that actually worked out really well because the location wouldn't have been good. It was a good shop because the inside of it was pretty much, you just needed to put bookshelves in there really. Right. Everything else was sorted. But by this point, I kind of had it in my head that I wanted to do it. And I get really, I think it's an autistic thing. I get really obsessed with stuff. Like once I decide that something's happening, it kind of has to happen. Like I would be so heartbroken if it didn't even, it's sometimes a negative because I don't always think things through properly Um, or wait to see whether I'm still obsessed with it. (laughs) 
<laughs> like in a little bit. So in fact, if you go, we've got like um we call it the storage room. It's like a kind of like a laundry room, but it's got loads of crap in there. Essentially, you can see all my past hobbies that I've become obsessed <laughs> with. And then one day just been like, don't like it anymore. I'm I packed it that. all away. So that does happen. So yeah, I found another space, literally went in and I was like, right, I'm not losing this one. So we went in and I was like, like to my other half, I was like, have you got any questions? He was like, no, I've asked everything. So I was like, literally turned around to the landlord. I was like, okay, we'll take it. And then I was like, okay, uh, it needed everything. Like it had no ceiling, no insulation, no anything, no flooring. We had to put a toilet and stuff in. We had to do everything. Um, And I was like, okay, I think we're going to like try and do it in six weeks. Cause I like have my heart set on like opening on the Jubilee weekend right town's gonna be really busy like we need to make the most of it so yeah six weeks later I had a bookshop you actually did it in six weeks Uh wow (laughs) oh my gosh and and what's it been like hard good Good, but hard. Look, Ramsgate's not an easy place. So yeah, it's not that profitable a business. I mean, I love it because I love books. So I'm just surrounded by books all day. But it's yeah, it's not taken off as much as I would like, especially not because there's there's me and my other half doing it. Um, Right. So yeah, ideally you need two wages worth out of it, but we haven't even we don't even have one wage worth right. from it. But I love it. And and these things do take time. And I mean, you've got like a really small profit margin on books. So it's it takes a bit longer. You've got to sell a lot. And it's not a great kind of like economy right now, especially for like bricks and mortar stores. But I mean, I'm learning loads and I love it. I, I really enjoy it. And I it's taught me kind of a lot. And I think with anything, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen with it. I don't know whether it'll pick up or whether it won't. Like who knows really really but I just feel like life is really short and you kind of have to I just think if you want to do something do it and I mean I've I've failed lots like I've had lots of things that haven't worked out I've made some really silly mistakes in my career but I'm kind of okay with that like I think that's part and parcel of like trying stuff some things are Mm going to work some aren't like and we're only human so I'm just kind of of the ethos that like give something a go and see what happens exactly Oh my gosh, everyone's going to be so inspired. <laughs> no, I feel like this time of year, like it's the perfect time to to hear advice like that because you go into the new year and you're like constantly bombarded with the messaging of like, you, you start a new year and like, what are you going to try this year? Like, what are you going to do? What's your new year's resolutions? Like, da, 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 da. And actually it's okay to fail. Like, if you want to try something, give it a try. And if it doesn't work out, like that's life. Like it's not, it's yeah, really not definitely. the end of the world. It's not. And and you know what? Like the <clears> other <throat> thing is to off like to kind of balance that is like if you're listening and you there's nothing wrong also with just having a nine to five and mm-hmm. you might not particularly love the nine to five, but it pays the bills yeah. and you can switch off after work and then you get to do what you want in your own time. I think that's equally fine. Like I always am like trying to have that awareness because I think sometimes, I mean, I'm really like anti-hustle culture. I know I've just said I did something really fast, but (laughs) I enjoyed, I did it because I enjoyed it. I really think there needs to be more of a focus on what people enjoy and people's mental health and the balance that they need for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're someone who's like, yes, I want to do all this. And yes, I want to throw myself in. Amazing. Totally give it a go. But equally, if you're someone sat there thinking, actually, my goal for the year is just to get through the year, like, you know, to just get up, shower regularly and make it through. I'm all down for that as well. And I think that's just as inspiring as like going and starting something. 100%. Uh, Now I have been talking your ear off already. And haven't even asked the starter question which I'm sure you've been impatiently waiting for 
which is stuff what are you currently reading i'm reading mona of the manor it's the it's not out yet armistead morpin yes it is indeed so tales of the city kind of like guy it's his new one that comes out next year i got sent a proof of it um and i've read lots of chunky books recently so i was like oh i'm gonna fancy picking up something that's a bit slimmer so i started it last night i'm not that far in but i'm enjoying it it's the only only one of his i've read so oh really Mm -hmm. so it's not like you've got to go into that book having read the whole no because i kind of felt like i could just backtrack like i often do that yeah i'll read like a new book and then if i like I'll go back and read all their backlist right I've got the first in the series and I've still not got around to it and I keep hearing things about it and it's, it's been adapted for Netflix as well which I didn't realize oh, and it's no, meant I to didn't. be yeah it's meant to be good so mm-hmm. maybe you can give that a try yeah give it a go <laughs> um what are you currently reading oh my gosh I never get asked I am currently reading fourth wing oh um, yes <laughs> which was not necessarily going to be on my radar like it's just not the book that I would go for like I'm very much like you in the sense that I gravitate towards um literary fiction I will occasionally dapple in like thrillers and Mm -hmm. some historical fiction but I don't really branch out a lot especially not into stuff like fantasy and that's is it like called romanticy or something oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) So I am 300 pages into that and I am really enjoying it and I really wasn't expecting it. I was so like, I was such a snob about it. I was like, I'm definitely not going to love this. And I'm really enjoying it. Like it's such good like escapism. I did the exact same thing. So I've read The Fourth Wing and uh, Iron Flame. Um, I read them back to back. Oh my gosh. I've luckily finished Fourth Wing and then literally the next day. Iron Flame came out, so I went and got a copy. Um, I would never have thought... You went and got a copy, what, from your own bookshop? No, I actually went to (laughs) another bookshop um, (laughs) because I was so desperate to read it. I was like, I want to read it now. I want to be, like, with everyone on TikTok. With their copies, I got like... That's what I mean, like, I got sucked up. into TikTok. <laughs> it was good, though. Like, look, it's not the best writing in the world if I no. had to be, like, critical of it. Yes. And it's cheesy, and some mm-hmm. of it's silly, but yeah. it's fun. Like, yeah. I found it... I just, it was easy to read. It was, like, it's fantasy, so it's kind of escapism. And it just took me back to my childhood, like, when I would be lost in these, like, other yeah. worlds where these kind of magical things are happening. And I loved it, and I'm, like, really grateful because I feel like it's opened up a new genre for me um you know now I'm like okay cool so then I went on and read after I read that I read The Poppy Wars by well I've only read the first one in the trilogy so far by R.F. Kuang who did Yellow Face and Babel so I did The Poppy War loved that I've got the Atlas series to start at some point is that Olivia Blake if I made that yes Yeah. yeah no that's correct um yeah so I feel like it's kind of opened up a new genre for me and I'm kind of happy about it because now I've got like another ton of books that I can I love that branch into how many books do you actually read a year do you think uh this year I uh, I think I've read like this is the first year I've actually tracked it so I never normally right. like track it or like anything like that but this year I was like oh I'm gonna do it because I'm kind of intrigued because I right. people would ask how much I've read and I'm kind of like I don't know um I'm on 118 this year so wow far. oh my gosh I think I'm at 60. Not great. <laughs> I think it is though. 
so I think I think that's good I don't I mean I don't know I don't really I don't really know what, what I was um, aiming for 80 this year because I think I did like 70 last year and I was wanting 80 but normally it's around this time that I'd be reading and I've been in shows in November and December so it's just been like rehearsals every day shows mm. every day it's just been so full-on um, but actually that's been that's why it's so great to have been reading fourth wing because normally I can't read when I'm in a show because I've got the script in my head and yeah. it feels like I'm using too much of my brain mm-hmm. and reading fourth wing it's it's actually been so great and it's not actually impacted me and my scripts at all it's just been such a great escape and it's been really nice to kind of come out of working on a festive show in December and being able to come home and like be in this like mad Definitely. dragon land <laughs> Oh my God, I love the dragons. That's my that's my favorite so part of the whole thing. So good. <laughs> right, we are going to get into. I think we should get into our top five of okay. the year. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so we are going to go give you listeners our top five reads of the year, starting from number five and running all the way up to our top book of the year. Uh, Now, there is still time because I believe that within the Christmas New Year interim, there's plenty of time to squeeze more books in. So I'm going to say this may change in that period. But this is what our top five is for now. So, Saf, do you want to start us off with your fifth book? Yes. Now, I want to caveat this by saying I found this really hard. Sorry. I've read (laughs) like some amazing books this year and I was finding it so difficult. I was like, well, what would qualify as like the top? Is it the ones that I rated the highest? Like the highest? Is it the ones that I thought about the most since? Is it the ones that I've like told other people about enough? Mm -hmm. Like, is it the ones where I was reading and I kept stopping to tell like my other half (laughs) what was happening? Like, I don't know. So I found it really difficult. So I just, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of do a mixture of those. My number five is The Glutton by A.K. Blakemore. Loved it. And I chose it as my number five. So for anyone that doesn't know, The Glutton is, it basically follows, it's based on a true story about this guy who could eat anything. And it's rumored that he ate a child. And I'm not giving anything away from the storyline with this because that's in the synopsis. Yeah. So you know that straight off the bat. And yeah, it's based on a on a, a, a true, I'm doing quote marks, so I don't, obviously we don't know how true it was. This is right. back in like the, I think it's in the 19th century and it's set in France. So it's like, goes through Paris and the countryside. Mm-hmm. And some, I was really intrigued by the fact that a guy might have eaten a child, which is quite uh, macabre, <laughs> but I do quite like dark things. Yes actually wasn't really dark at all it was beautiful and I loved the the kind of scenery and the storytelling and she's a brilliant writer mm-hmm. and it it had to go on the list because it was the book that made me realize that I need to not write off historical fiction because previous to that I'd always been like eh, old stuff boring <laughs> <laughs> like just felt like it wasn't me yeah and yeah I'm really glad I read it because I loved it and it was like it was beautiful. It was just so well written. And I just, I loved the characters. I loved all of the, definitely the scenery through the, like Paris in the 19th century and the countryside. It was just gorgeous. Loved it. Beautiful. That, and got that weird element to it too. Was that the author of Man and Tree Witches? Yes. yes. Right. Okay. 
Um, I feel like that's those two books are so different because I think they're both historical fiction, but there's not really a weird element. To, I mean, I've not read Man and Tree Witches, but from what I remember people telling me, I don't think it's got that weird element to it. I mean, I've not re- I've not read her right. original, her debut. I believe that was her debut, but I want to. It's, it's sat on the pile of books that I should read at some point. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right. My fifth book mm-hmm. in the top five is now I did say to you last night because I panicked and was like are these going to be books in your choices that are books that have actually come out this year is that what you've done I think most of mine are but by chance I mean right, it okay. wasn't a purposeful <laughs> thing and I won't judge you um, you, if they didn't you. come out this year it just so happens I'm, <laughs> I'm judging myself sure. I'm judging myself so this one definitely didn't come out this year I actually don't know what year it came out let me see oh 2019 I don't know why I thought it was further back than that well still four years ago um, what is it what is it Daisy Jones and the Six. <laughs> oh, do you know what I really didn't like that book <gasps> Oh my gosh, do you know what though? I was expecting to really not like it. Mm. And I think I went into it being like, I'm never going to like this. So many people raved about it. And so many people that I like really respect and admire, you know, like Dolly Alderton loved it. Mm. And so I was like, oh, they like it, but I don't think I will. Like, I just don't think it'll be my vibe at all. And I read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's the right title thing. So I... I was told by everyone that like oh my god you're gonna love this like it's Mm. so amazing and I read that and I didn't really enjoy it and thought it was like a really beautiful story but I don't know it just didn't quite hit for me so I wasn't kind of willing to give this a try and it was just sat on my bookshelf for ages and then I read it and I was like oh my god like I fucking loved it I thought it was so good Mm. and it if you're looking at it from a critical perspective like yes okay maybe there's like lots of flaws to it but for me it was just like a really great escapist book and I felt really wrapped up in that world like I felt like it was really immersive I loved the style that it was told in that it was Mm. all this kind of like interview style and I mainly read it because the adaptation came out on Prime and I really wanted to watch that because everybody was raving about that and I honestly think like that's one of the best adaptations I've watched have you watched it no I'm mainly because I didn't really like the book but you need to watch it yeah maybe I'll give it a go and like no my my one bugbear in like the kind of reading community I don't like book snobbishness right like I don't really like I can appreciate that some books were probably harder to write perhaps or uh, are cleverer with with the way that they've done something whether that's mm-hmm. the writing style the plot the the depth of the characters whatever but I just to me reading it should be fun like we yeah. should be going and picking up a well either to learn if you're going for non-fiction mm-hmm. um but if we're going to fiction it should be fun like we should enjoy it we should be yeah. able to lose ourselves in it and I think sometimes people can get a bit like on their high horses mm-hmm. and get a bit snobbish about what people read and they kind of look down about like on stuff and I just I don't really love that because I, do, I think we should be trying to make reading as accessible as possible to like everybody yeah. Yeah. and there's different times for different books like who as long as you enjoy it then who cares whether it won prizes or it's seen as a good book or an easy book like whatever like I yeah so I'm I'm fully down that that's on your list I love that <laughs> I I also think it'd be really great as like a holiday read Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah loved it and would recommend so okay. that's that's me <laughs> what right. is on your number four my number four is in ascension by martin mc <gasps> mckines or mckins i don't know how you pronounce i it. don't know my pronunciation sure. is so off all the time 
Have you read it? I have not. Okay, so I picked this up and I loved it. Uh, it was book along listed. Yeah. This is the first year I've actually read quite a few booker books, which usually I don't. I kind of think, oh, it's probably going to be quite hard work if it's been <laughs> if it's been put on the list for the booker. But yeah. I was like, I, something about this I really liked the sound of. It's kind of like sci-fi. It's got space it's got deep underwater exploration but Mm -hmm. it's also beautiful and it also focuses a lot on relationships and I just thought it was so clever something about this made me really excited for it and then I read it and I raced through it and I was like that was amazing like I really really liked it and I really I recommend it to people even if you don't think that you like sci-fi because it's quite light on the sci-fi although there is a lot of like science in there but I'm a massive science geek so I loved you know all these facts she's kind of like a marine biologist and it's she's kind of talking about different sea creatures and and it was just like it was like chilling but it was like it was just so clever really really clever but funny enough I did actually read I read another one of his books so I was like oh my god I love it I'm gonna buy his backlist I can't remember what the name of it was but it was a white cover and then it's got a person made of leaves on the front in green we can google that uh maybe it's like uncovering something infinite ground yeah that's the one (laughs) me just what did I say uncovering Uncovering. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't love it I found that book really hard work no it was interesting because see both the same author this one is still like that one is still strange like still got that kind of weird element to it so I was all prepped to be like ah I'm gonna love this author so much and then I read it and I was like Mm, it's just not doing anything for me I don't even think I finished it uh which is quite rare for me to be like I'm not enjoying this enough to not finish it I'm all for like putting a book down if you don't love it but it's rare that I don't love something enough like enough to mm-hmm. be like I'm gonna give up and I'm pretty sure I gave up on that because I was just I don't know what's going on it was too complicated <laughs> like I felt like he tried to be too clever and I was yeah. like this book is just making me feel dumb and like, not yeah. like he did it intentionally, but like, I'm just, it's just no fun because I'm just reading being like, well, what? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just don't know what's happening. And I don't know what the point of the book is. Maybe I'll revisit in the future, but in Ascension anyway, amazing. And perhaps if you enjoy that, you'll like his other books. I've still got another one of his to read. Maybe that will like balance things out. Maybe I'll I hope so. I've got everything crossed for you. I feel like everyone has been reading the booker list a lot more this year and it sounds like there's been a lot of really good books coming out of it that Mm. that, uh, because normally it feels like the high like literary people are enjoying those books but not necessarily like across the board across the board like commercially people are enjoying it what would you how would you describe that yeah Um, I mean describing it like the peasants are enjoying the books but that's not (laughs) what I mean That is really not what I mean. I just mean, you know, your everyday person that's not yeah. part of the literary world are enjoying those books. But I'm I'm conscious of saying another one of them in case it's on your list. So I will move swiftly on. What to... is your number four? My number four is Clytemnestra by Costanza Cassati. So we interviewed Costanza on the podcast. Have you read hmm. Clytemnestra? No, I've not even heard of it. So please tell me about it. Okay, so my memory is absolutely shocking. So I will do what I can with this. Okay. Um, so this is historical fiction. Yeah. And that is all I remember. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so it's like a sort of mythical, mythical retelling. Is that how you would describe it? Myth retelling? So I'm going to basically read the blurb. 
Uh, so it says, they call me mother, monarch, murderer, monster. Here is my tale of how my first husband was murdered by Agamemnon, of how Agamemnon became my second husband, of how he sacrificed our daughter for his war, and of how the seeds of revenge take years to grow their bitter fruit. And then it has this whole like feminist section, which I love, but I want people to read it for themselves because it's in the book. So I don't want to spoil too much. But I wouldn't normally go for a book like this. Mm. And I absolutely loved it and thought it was just so incredible. Uh, I think her this was her debut, which blew my mind anyway, because I was like, how have you come up with this? Like, it, it, was, it was just so incredible. And her world building was so brilliant as well. It didn't mm. feel like, I think it's quite hard for me with historical fiction and with myth retellings and books like that, that I find it, I feel so distanced from those books. And I just can't, I, like, I want to be immersed in the world of a book in order to enjoy it. And sometimes yeah. when I read historical fiction, I can't quite place myself there. But I felt like I was in this world and it was so dark. And so, like, there, there was so much death and gory in there. But it didn't feel, like, far-fetched. It didn't feel, like, it, I believed it all. And, yeah, it's just, she's such a great writer. And she also has another book coming out. And I don't know if it's next year or 2025. I feel like it could be 2025, but I'm really eager to read her next book. And Ooh. I'm so sorry to Costanza, especially because that was a terrible description of her book. <laughs> it was just very much me rambling about how much I enjoyed well, it. Well, you've intrigued me. So, which is all I'm you need to know. I'm going to go and have a look. I, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, I'm really bad for just going, it's really good. <laughs> I'm always like, but I've just done exactly that talk about a book and I just go oh, it's really good I just loved it and basically I say it's really good in like five different ways yeah or I feel really immersed in it yeah I know and then I'm like hmm, I haven't actually told anybody anything but whatever it's it's it's, it's made us intrigued and we can yes. go and go and find out more it was on my top five for a reason so it's <laughs> I did when I first read it it was like it was February and I was mm. like that's going to be on my top list of the year so like Ooh. if you read that early on in the year and you already kind of know that's a pretty good sign yeah I think so yeah okay what is uh, your number three my number three is Land of Milk and Honey by (gasps) C. Pam Zhang have you read it yes I have read it yes we had Pam on the podcast so yes so good I think she's such a talented writer really really good I saw some people I think on Instagram like sharing it and I was kind of intrigued I really do love a dystopian book so Mm -hmm. it's definitely got that dystopian edge to it this idea that like the world is kind of falling apart which kind of actually could be happening in real time but whatever (laughs) um and then yeah the idea being that she goes and gets a job so she's a chef and she goes and gets a job on this mountain for these really rich people who are kind of like got the money to not feel the impact as much of all this destruction that's going on which has basically seen the end of the growth of lots of food so cooking food has become really hard because there's hardly any produce that's basically like the gist of it but then there's also like uh there's like queer romance in it Mm -hmm. there's like all these interesting relationships between the characters I really loved it and I knew I really loved it because normally I really hate books about food like that have loads of really? food. Yeah, don't like it. I don't know what it is about it. I'm just like, Ugh. I'm the total like, opposite. <laughs> I'm just like, um, yeah, like, no, not for me. Um, 
but I, despite that, and there is a lot of food in it because she's a chef and it, it plays a big part, still really loved it. So to me, that was like a sure sign that I really, really did enjoy it because usually right. I would have been put off by, by the food aspect of it. But I thought it was clever. I thought it was well written. I thought it was gripping. But yeah, I loved this book. I thought she was, yeah, incredible. Thought it was brilliant. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I loved it as well. It's such a good book. And I am really glad that you said that you like dystopians as well, because I am a big fan of a dystopian. And I think there are so many ways that people can do dystopians wrong or they aren't believable or it just feels so ridiculous and you have to be good at world building don't you to do a dystopian because it has to be believable like yeah it's got to be enough that you're caught on it and there's that element of oh my god what are they going to do like the world in some respects need to go to shit for you to like be gripped to the book yeah like if it's too subtle a disaster then i'm i'm kind of like yeah (laughs) yeah exactly not enough but then it needs to be built well enough that mm-hmm. you believe that that could happen like that feels like such a big part of it like I need to be like hooked on the oh my god like could this happen mm-hmm. um like I all oh, did you read severance by Ling Ma I've not read it yet it's on my shelf oh you've got no. to read it because that's okay. a really good one where again really believable I wouldn't say it's like oh I guess it is it's not like oh my god the world has gone to shit like it's it is almost subtle but it's clever. It's really good. You should read it. I really loved, and this person is a fan of Book Bodega as well. I really loved Dreamland by Rosa Rankin G. Oh, I love Rosa. She's an so absolute good. angel. Yeah. When she came on, she recommended you guys. <laughs> yeah, she's local. Well, she's always traveling and all over the place, but her and her parents are local to Ramsgate. So yes. her mum's also an author, Maggie, and she's done some amazing stuff too. But yeah, Rose's book has been like number one on our bestseller list since we opened like a year and a half ago. Really? Wow. It's so good. Loved it. Loved it. Where are we up to? (laughs) Your number three. You haven't done your number three. I have not done my number three. God, we're doing so well. (laughs) Uh, My number three. And I've just realised actually that it was only Daisy Jones and the Six that wasn't from this year. So I have actually done quite oh, well. Oh, there you go. So you've done better than go. you thought you did. Oh. You was having a panic for nothing. <laughs> that is actually me to a T. Anyway, mine is The Rachel Incident by Caroline O'Donoghue. Oh, I've not read, read this. No, but I've heard so many people talking about it. I've listened to a couple of podcasts where they like deep mm. dive on it. It sounds really good. So good. So good. And I actually have memory of this book. So that's that's a strong 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 sign and helpful for the podcast yeah very embarrassing that I couldn't I don't think I could form a sentence on I can't form a sentence now it's just not working for me Uh, but the Rachel incident is sort of inspired by Caroline's own story of being in her early 20s in Ireland with her gay best friend Mm -hmm. and the antics that they got up to um, so she sort of used that story and, and the story of how the Rachel incident came to be is fascinating to me anyway, because uh, we've recorded a podcast with her. So you can go back and listen to that. But I am going to repeat exactly what she said, which is that she had written something ridiculous. Like, I don't even know how many thousands of words she'd written, maybe like, maybe I'm being dramatic, but something like 60,000 words or something like that. It was like a ridiculous amount of words that she'd written for a book. And she just totally scrapped it and then wrote The Rachel Incident within like, I don't know, six weeks or something. Wow. Uh, And it is just incredible. And you can really tell that she'd been sat on this story for a while, that it was something that meant a lot lot to her. So we have Rachel 
and she is in her early 20s and she's got this uh, best friend and he is I'm trying to figure out how much I can give away and how much I can't no so her, <laughs> she she's living with her gay best friend and they live in Cork and they work in uh, HMV together mm-hmm. and old school yeah and it's sort of about like again all the antics that they get up to and how like ridiculous life is in your early 20s and all the mistakes that you make and she brings in her English lecturer from uni I think to do like an author event no it's a bookshop not HMV it's a bookshop sorry so sorry everyone I said HMV because they in real life they worked at HMV right and she put it in a bookshop so please forgive me so it was in a bookshop I was like why are they doing an author event at HMV no that's why (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, so they do an author event at her bookshop Mm. and she gets them in because she really fancies him and then I can't reveal much else because it would give away too much but basically he her English lecturer is married and it's sort of all the mistakes that you'd make and the ways in which we fail as people and there's potentially an affair storyline in there somewhere but who has the affair who knows that yeah it's it's so it's so brilliant and Mm. really took me back to like my early 20s and how I just didn't have a freaking clue what I was doing with my life and Mm was constantly making many mistakes and didn't know what I wanted from life didn't know who I was as a person so it's all that kind of identity and belonging and friendship and how you kind of how you navigate those friendships and it feels like a love story as well like it feels like their friendship is the love story of the book so it's it's essentially a romance okay of their friendship which I thought was really beautiful um and she's just a phenomenal writer and it's actually I have listened to her podcast Sentimental Garbage for years but it's the first book of hers that I've read Mm. and yeah I'm just really excited to get to the rest of her work because it's so good so I'm I'm really excited for you to read this as well yeah okay that's uh, again I think I'm pretty sure it's on my stack of books somewhere in the house to read Mm. um I just get distracted and get excited about another book and then forget. That's that's totally fair. And also the rights for this, because I go on about loving adaptations all the time, mm. but the rights for this have been bought by Page Boy Productions, which is mm. Elliot, Elliot Page's production company. So that is very exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Mm. Okay, are we on to number two? We are on to number two. Oh, Give us your number two, Sarah. Okay, my number two is uh, In Memoriam by Alice Wim. Ooh, okay. Have you read it? I have not read it. It's on my shelf. <laughs> oh, devastating. Devastating, beautiful. Again, it's got like queer love stories in there, which I always love. It's oh, it's just so good. She's such a good writer. Like, And again, this is a book I went into and picked it up because quite a few people, like quite a few of our customers were coming in and buying it and like talking about it and being like, oh, right. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I'm always intrigued. If, if a book is doing well in the shop, I'm kind of always like, oh, like, you know, get a bit nosy, like, hmm, what's everyone, what's everyone excited <laughs> about? <laughs> and I, you know, I want to be, be able to join in the chat. So I, I read it and I was thinking, I wasn't, when I started it, I wasn't thinking I was going to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, And it really took me by surprise. I got so caught up in the story and I read it kind of back to back. Like, you know, the kind of times where you're just so into a book that you don't even want to stop to like eat or like yeah. do anything else. You just want to stay in the story. I just, such good characters like the 
so it's set in the war and it's kind of like I don't want to say too much it's like I think a queer love story set in the war is enough without okay. I feel that way I'm not giving away too much of what's going to happen oh I just <laughs> just I still think about it now and I really want to read it again and I don't really reread much wow. so yeah it's I think forever going to play have a place oh, in my heart I'm so excited really to read busy. it wasn't really it beautiful. one of Waterstone's books of the year? It may have been. I think so. Although we shouldn't be talking about that when we've got an indie bookshop. Yeah, can you not? Podcast. Please, no, I'm joking. So sorry. <laughs> but I'm we will have a link in the show notes for this podcast. We'll have a link for Book Bodega so okay. everyone can buy all of their recommendations from the lovely South. Thank you um, so much. Okay, number two. What's your number two? Number two is, and I'm so excited about this book, and I want everybody to read it. Everybody. It is Shark Heart by Emily Harbeck. Have you read it? No. (gasps) Oh, my God, Staff, you will absolutely love this. Show me the cover. Show me the cover, because that's a really nice cover as well. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, what's it about? Right, listen, you will love this. So the best way to describe it is that it gives the sort of vibes, similar vibes to Our Wives Under the Sea, which I loved. Yes. Mm. Okay. So already I know you'll love it. So it is set a few weeks after the, after the wedding of this couple, they're called Lewis and Wren. And um, this isn't giving anything away because it all says that it says all of this on the blurb, but Lewis starts to have these weird symptoms and he gets the diagnosis that he is becoming a great white shark Ah. and it sounds so ridiculous and I remember we had Emily on the podcast and we got sent this and I remember being sent the pitch and I was like this is so like I am I don't what like but it's it's set in a world where like these diagnosis of people becoming animals are becoming more and more frequent and I was like there's no way on this earth that I'm going to believe this but I actually believed it so much like I felt like I felt it just felt so real to me and the way that Emily manages to like ground you in the story her like this is a debut again no idea how and I really love multiple POVs when it's done well. Mm. And this was told between Lewis and Wren. He is like a failed actor. So I loved that anyway, because I'm not a failed actor. <laughs> I'm not an actor. <laughs> so I get the whole like, you know, feeling really frustrated. But then he goes from being this failed actor to like morphing into a shark. And you're like, how do you kind of go about that? So it had mm-hmm. sort of really similar vibes to Our Wives Under the Sea in that, you know, the person you love is completely changing before your eyes and you're so in love with them and it's so ridiculous and absurd, but you love them. Mm. And it's like, I felt the same with Our Wives Under the Sea in that like these really horrifying things were happening to Leah and mm. Miri kind of, doesn't act in this kind of dramatic way that you would expect somebody to react she just kind of goes right okay so your eyes just fell out of your face how do we go from well like where do we go from here you know and it's not kind of it's such a different reaction that you would expect from a person and I feel like that's I'm not a romance person but those are the kind of romances that I will happily read and mm. enjoy and believe uh, because it's, it's so good. It's I really so want to read this. Like I I'm like you to read gonna this. order this today because <gasps> I am yeah, I'm really I love I mean I I always say I love weird and wonderful books. So anything yeah. that's as long as they're done 
well. But this sounds, yeah, if you can... It's so weird and wonderful. I'm really intrigued. Do you know what? It's given me... What's the film? Uh, what's his face? Colin. Colin. Is his name Colin? Colin Firth? No, the guy that does In Bruges, the Irish guy. And there's oh! Stuff. A film where you, uh, if you don't find someone to love, then you turn into an animal. Let me Google this that. because... Okay. <laughs> I feel I want to check if this. No, is I it. want to watch this film. Colin Farrell, that's his name. Corin, isn't it? Co- yeah, yeah, Corin, Colin Farrell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this. Yeah, in a futuristic world, single people are taken to the hotel to find a lover within a span of 45 days. However, the hotel has a condition if they fail to find a partner, and the the condition basically is that you'll turn into an animal. Oh my gosh, I've never heard of this. Yeah, so it's it's really given me vibes to to shark yeah. like similar idea and but uh visual instead so definitely watch that you can watch that okay, over christmas I will period watch that. but it's th- very it, weird but good it, it this is this is so weird but like it's done so well and it is completely devastating like you've read the blurb you know what's coming so it's not like oh it's a surprise that he's going to turn into a great white shark oh my god is he going to be swimming off in the ocean and i'm like crying don't. my eyes out <laughs> i like i don't cry at books i find it really hard to cry and I was like so emotional, like so emotionally unstable reading this book. It's so beautiful. So please, please read it. <laughs> okay, no, 100%. That's, that is 100%. I'm going to read that. It's time. <laughs> it's time okay. to give your top book of the year. <laughs> okay, so I, again, I'm going to caveat this. This is my number one. Okay. But I did read it quite recently. It's not the last book I read. I've read a few books in between, but it was within the last month that I read it. So I don't know if, that's why it's still so much in my mind, right? Like right. part of me is like, am I going to still feel that that was number one of 2023 mm-hmm. once we're in like March next year? So I don't know. It could change. I know it's definitely going to be in my top, top five, mm-hmm. but whether it will still be at the top, I don't know. So I'm going to caveat with that. So my number one is The Beasting by Paul Murray. Oh my gosh, this is why I didn't mention it earlier because everyone seems to be reading that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I've not read it and I really, really want to. It's, I feel like, yeah, if you love family sagas and yeah. you love like marriages and kind of like watching just like relationships between people unfold, whether mm-hmm. that's good or bad, brilliant. It's so, so well written and really clever. And it's kind of questioning whether, you know, does one thing set off a chain of events of all these other things right Mm. like it's a kind of like it's got multiple povs done really well and yeah at the end i was literally like being like no 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 oh my god oh my god like literally like out loud while my other half is just like do you mind like (laughs) can you not whereas i'm like oh my god you don't understand yes so good it really kind of blew me away i oh i loved it so much i wish i could read it again for the first time and which paul won the booker the one that won the booker was prophet song which is paul lynch i think paul lynch that's the one and um there was apparently a hashtag going around saying like the wrong paul because everybody wanted the beasting to win i do feel like this should have won but i mean personally like i don't yeah i just feel really sorry for paul lynch if like people are saying yeah it is really sad (laughs) i feel like imagine like if that was me and everyone was saying the wrong sapphire on a hashtag i'd literally i'd be at home crying oh yeah me too me too i'd literally be like oh people don't like i mean each i've not read prophet song so i can't comment but i know that people felt very strongly about the beasting Mm. and yeah i um I need to order that ASAP. 
Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, yeah, I feel like it'll be right up your street. Like, it, it is really good. And again, I went into it thinking, you know, I wasn't completely sold on it. Um, right. I knew other people were really loving it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm go- I am I want to read it because I'm intrigued because I'm seeing quite yeah. strong reactions about it. And especially, so I read it after Prophet Song was announced as the winner. And I've not read Prophet Song. I'm actually not that fast. Don't really like the look of it. So yeah, I knew that it like hadn't won. And I was seeing this kind of like loads of people being like, no, it should have won, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, I need to read this and see like what the kind of hype is about and why people are so frustrated. And yeah, I mean, I really liked it. Stunning. Oh, so good. I need to read that ASAP. Okay. My top book of the year (laughs) is out on the 18th of January. And I Ooh, okay, so you've got your top book of the year is a book that's not out till next year. You yes, minks. I okay. know, I know, I'm so sorry, but I felt that I had to do this. Okay. Um one because I genuinely adored it so much, mm. but there is a thousand percent an element of bias in this because it is one of my best friends who has a book coming out in January. Okay. It's The Knowing by Emma Hines. And Ooh. um this is this is the proof. It's gorgeous. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. She got a box of hardcover hardbacks, not hardcovers, hardbacks delivered yesterday, and the cover is just insanely gorgeous. Oh amazing. Um so it is it's historical fiction. Yeah. It's 19th century and it's set between New York and Manchester. Mm-hmm. So already I was excited about it because I'm from Manchester and I feel like there's definitely not a lot of books set in Manchester. Oh. I feel like it's not represented as much. And I bloody love Manchester. And uh, I love anywhere set in New York because anywhere, any books set in New York, because I just think New York, is, I'm so cringe, but like New York mm. is such a magical place and I just love it. And this is sort of doesn't romanticize New York at all. It's set in like the criminal underworlds of New York and okay. Manchester. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's based on this woman. And it is a woman that is a, it's a tattooed woman who Emma found an image of and was like, I've already got an idea of a story for this person. Um, so it's, it's a real woman that existed who was like tattooed from head to toe. And then Emma came up with this person's backstory. So it's mm. based on this woman. She's a tattooist. And the reason she tattoos herself is because of trauma and mm. the experiences that she's had. So it does tackle a lot of difficult subjects in the book. You know, there is trauma in there. There is things like, you know, sexual assault. And um, it's not a, an easy read. It is quite hard hitting. But... Emma is an incredibly sensitive writer and takes great care in the way that she tells that story and the way Mm. that she talks about these things. So you immediately feel taken care of as a reader, which I think is really important. And I don't want to give too much away because obviously it's not out yet, but this girl kind of has, she's sort of a lone, a lone wolf Mm -hmm. And she's taken under the wing of all these different group, this group of misfits, and they all have their own stories. And uh, it's about like hate and love and betrayal and loss and all these different subjects that we feel very much sucked into. Like, yeah, so I... I want everybody to read it and I'm really, she's going to hate me because she's like, why are you butchering talking about my book? But <laughs> I just love it no, so I'm, much. I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued. It's it's so good. And it's out on the 18th of Jan. So mm-hmm. I want 
everybody to to buy a copy because yeah it's it's so good so so good yeah that is my okay oh wow (laughs) okay I like the mix there that was um there is a big mix I feel like I thought we'd have quite similar books but I think yours have been very literary yeah I've come off looking quite quite literary you massive literary snob and I'm not I'm really this is what I'm intrigued no you're absolutely not I will read pretty much like anything you know like I'm yes. not yeah I'm down for anything anything that but I that think I like the sound of I'm like oh okay it's a good sign if two of your choices have been ones off the book list when you're not a person that would ordinarily gravitate towards those books mm. so that's a good sign for people to actually read the book list from this year yeah I think for me it's been a real year of like exploration book wise mm-hmm. like I've read more fantasy I've read historical fiction like I've read more book of books like I've really kind yeah. of pushed myself outside of my comfort zone because often I would have been like almost like the opposite of snobbish with things like the book I'd be like oh that's gonna be too hard for me yeah and really trying to and just like really watching like what customers are buying and really taking recommendations from people so if people are like this was amazing like I'm obsessed I will give it a go to and sort of yeah try new things so I'm um, yeah, it's been an interesting mix. There was also, like, I did have an honorary mention. I, won't <gasps> men- I was just about to say that I wasn't telling you, but you were getting some honourable mention. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. I've got I've got two. One okay. is Fourth Wing, which we've already talked yeah. about, so I yeah. won't go, like, super into it. But essentially just, like, I feel like it has to have an honorary mention because it's opened up a world of, like, fantasy for me. Mm-hmm. And, for, yeah, for that, I'm kind of really grateful, like that was a real escapism for me and given me a whole new genre to kind of explore. Um, And the other one is nonfiction and it's Bitch, A Revolutionary Guide to Sex, Evolution and the Female Animal by Lucy Cook. It's so good. I mean, I do love nonfiction. I I read quite a lot of nonfiction. I don't think I started out the, I think I got to like halfway through the year and I was literally like 50-50 in terms of fiction and nonfiction and what I'd read. Um, It's now heavier on fiction for the second half of the year, but it was really good. It's so clever and so interesting, but it also made me laugh out loud at loads of points. And I spent the entire book literally spent the whole time tapping my other half and being like listen to this and then telling him like (laughs) this incredible fact about an animal or reading a really funny bit to him to the point he was like literally he had to ask me to stop and he was like enough now like I will give it a rest (laughs) if I want to read it I'll read it like he does read but he was like I'm you know he was like I'm doing things I'm trying to watch tv I'm listening to this podcast I'm trying to sleep and I'd be like you're like no wake up you just have to this is this is crazy so yeah I feel like it needed an honorary mention because it was it was so good and it was yeah so well written like I love a book that teaches you so much but is easy to read and the fact Mm -hmm. that it could also make me laugh and she could be playful with it was really clever and I don't always think I don't think nonfiction is that easy to do like I think people think it is but actually reading something that you race through and that you Mm -hmm. really enjoy is hard like yes a book can teach you something like I mean I have to read a load of academic stuff for uni but I don't necessarily enjoy reading it because it's dry (laughs) it's dry it's hard work whereas writers that are able to write a really good non-fiction where you just like oh this is this is so good is is actually really hard and this did it very 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 well mm-hmm. I will have to give that a try it's good I am um, I'm always looking out for I definitely don't read enough non-fiction so I'm always looking out for ones that that might get me into non-fiction 
it's so Definitely. hard to find you know some of the that I think I've read a couple of non-fictions that were quite dull mm. and it just put me off entirely and it's I need to learn not to kind of tarnish everyone with the same brush because I've done that before with historical fiction and been mm. like oh I don't like historical fiction because of this book and it's like well no that's not that's not how it so works <laughs> my top four off the top of my head that I've uh, these are all either last year or the year before I think but that really stick out to me bitch obviously which I've mentioned behind closed doors by Polly Curtis that's it right. I knew her name was Polly but I couldn't remember her surname because another book I'm going to mention is by Polly as well so good um is looking at the care system uh in the UK and like the points of view of all the different people so like people who have to interact with the care industry and then all the way up to people that are in charge of the way that the the care system works and runs fascinating again really well written um she interviews lots of different people and it's insightful and it's interesting and i read it so quick and yeah i mean it's so good i mean i particularly loved it but yeah i then went and got a job um working with children in care off the back of that book because i enjoyed it so much and it sparked my interest and now i'm doing a social work degree which again i owe to reading that book and enjoying it so much and being like okay things need to change so yeah loved it really good uh porn by polly i knew you were gonna mention that really good yeah really just interesting I think we need more books that are about women's sexuality where we just speak to women Mm -hmm. um about sex and their sexual lives and rather than yeah feeling like women aren't sexual because we are or are only sexual because we're sexual for For others yeah yeah rather than because we want to be so love that that's really good Uh, I read Wasteland I can't remember the author but Wasteland was really good sorry I hadn't planned to mention these but I that was, is I absolutely fine no give me all the recommendations I love it uh Wasteland is that is definitely not it I don't know why uh Oliver I found it Oliver yes. Franklin Wallace and yes. it's looking at like what happens with our waste and it's really fascinating like I learned so much from that book it was brilliant and then I also loved Ultra Processed People The Science Behind Food That Isn't Food by Chris Van Tulliken amazing again another book where this book particularly just like bitch I spent the whole time tapping Nick and being like oh my god oh my god oh my god can you believe it this is crazy like absolutely crazy like I just couldn't oh my god I learned so much and it was absolutely fascinating Mm, loved it so 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 many good recommendations the last one I want to mention because it's another one that I think is really important which so behind closed doors really important bitch really important in terms of science and and our knowledge of evolution and women and females um is tenants by oh yes vicky Um, spratt is her name yes yes that's it um yeah brilliant book that's looking at the kind of like rent system and basically the housing crisis that we're in and how we got here and how we might change it and the reality of what it's actually like Mm -hmm. and yeah uh, again read it so fast and really really enjoyed it and it's another crucial one where I'm like that actually has information that we all need to know so that we can do something about it Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's some of my off the top of my head they're the ones that like I still really think about and really really loved love that I cannot believe how long we've already been talking for I know (laughs) insane but I'm, I'm even thinking now like should this be like a part one part two <laughs> Christmas special sorry I do waffle that oh happen. you and me both so this is like a match <laughs> made in heaven but also maybe not we need to get on to our festive part of yes. the episode so for that I have thank you 
perfect. <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready. Um, no, I'm actually going to take this off. Are you um, meant to be an elf or what? It's supposed to be an elf, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, I worked in school at the start of the year. So this is at the it's start of the year. It's very cute. I love it. I yeah. Love yeah, it was very cool. Uh, I think your bow looks a lot better, so I'm going to yeah, take it off. I've gone uh, quite subtle, if I'm honest. <laughs> I have gone, you know, with the snowflake earrings as yeah, well. Lovely. That's, <laughs> um, yeah. So we've got, what is the word I'm looking for? I've got no words to use today. Spirit of Christmas? In the like spirit in the, of Christmas. Let's, like, let's say that. In the spirit of Christmas, <laughs> we are going to use the spirits of a Christmas carol are the ghosts of Christmas past, present and yet to come, but in the bookish sense. Okay. So we're we're playing on that. Saf. Yes. Who is your ghost of Christmas past, which is a book that haunts you? Well, you told me this and I was like, I don't know if she means like, I was like, oh, how literal does she mean? However I mean, you want to take it is fine. Because, um, you know, that's the <laughs> thing that us uh, autistics are always thinking like, <laughs> do they actually mean that like are they actually asking if I was born in a barn or are they you know I don't know um so I was like okay I think it's a book that like stays with me a book that okay. like um so it's I was thinking it's she either it's either got to be like a bad book that it haunts you because it's bad or <laughs> it like haunts you because it was haunting me okay. written however so you want to take that I took it for the the latter and I went with A Little Life by Hanra Yangahara um I can I'm not a good pronunciator so I'm really sorry if I messed up absolutely fine um because that book still stays with me because it was so so sad I mean amazing I gave it five out of five I went and saw the uh play with James Norton that was adapted into um I was like all in on it but devastating like oh my god just the most heartbreaking novel that I've ever read and yeah oh I'm just so in love with Jude and Harold especially and that just stays with me and I think about it often so I feel like that counts as being haunted by and Willem is genuinely one of my favorite ever characters Mm. so I I like that now mine funnily enough is also by Hanya Yanagihara Ah. And I went with a book that haunts me because I hated it so much. Is it in Paradise? <laughs> no, I love to Paradise. To Paradise is my favourite. Oh, I hated that one. No, Sarah, please. No. Oh, my, so the people in the trees. The, oh my gosh. Hated it so much. I've not read that one yet. Awful. Don't bother. <laughs> oh no, but then you like to Paradise. And it's I... so weird. No, I I love to Paradise and I love the little life. I don't know what happened with the people in the trees. It was her debut and it was awful. Like, and who am I? Like, she's a hmm. phenomenal writer. So I don't know what went wrong, but I just... This is intriguing. Okay, so now I feel like I need to, I need to go away and read this and come back to you because I... So, because we're both agreed on one and we've disagreed on another so I'm I'm intrigued of where we'd land on the third where we'd one. land on that one yeah Do you know am what? I gonna be in agreement we we spoke about this on a re- I think it must have been like our first ever episode but we said that it was the footnotes there's like it's the weird thing about the people in the trees is that it it's sort of a book within a book mm. so it's like a non-fiction book within a fiction book and it's the character is writing this book about this group of people I can't remember what group of people but it's set somewhere and it's like there's there's footnotes on each page and like some of the footnotes are like a whole page and you have to read is it a book where you have to read the footnotes yeah and I'm like I don't like it's taken me out of the story too much because you're a novel but 
you're trying to tell me this non-fiction story mm. but there's too much going on and I just felt completely lost and I ended up getting so like bored of it so that is a book that haunts me and I am so mm. sorry to our lord and saviour Hanya Yanagahara because I absolutely love her <laughs> yeah I need to, okay right I'm gonna read that over the Christmas break and come back to you because I'm oh please don't read. it might ruin your Christmas <laughs> never please tell me what you think okay your ghost of Christmas present which is a book that you want to gift to people or gift to everyone. So I went with Conversations on Love by Natasha Lunn. I've not read this yet. Beautiful. I think of it as like a grown-up version of Everything I Know About Love by Dolly okay. Alderson. So everything I know about love is lovely and it's about female friendships and and love and and et cetera, et cetera. But I do always think it's quite young. Like right. I think it's the part that's probably a really good present for people like late teenage, mm-hmm. your twenty your early twenties, like that will hit perfect because it's yeah. that time in your life but everything I know about love at conversations on love by Natasha Lunn um and initially she had I don't know if she still does the newsletter but it started as a newsletter that did amazingly and then she's ended up releasing a book and it's just beautiful it's like all these different interviews with people about all different kinds of love so familial love like romantic love friendship all these different um parental like all these different kind of like types of love and ways of loving and lessons learned and it's just one of those books that is just perfect for like basically everybody Mm -hmm. like it's such a universal thing that we all experience I hope love in some form Mm -hmm. um and it it kind of puts all the different kinds of love as just as important as each other um rather than putting like romantic love on a pedestal as numero uno love it I just it's a book that you can give to any anyone and it makes like a really beautiful present I really want to read this. I've been holding out hope that I'm going to find it in a charity shop one day. Uh, Just buy it. Just buy it. I should just buy it, shouldn't I? No, but I have this whole thing where I am so determined to find specific books in a charity shop, and that's one of them. So, yeah, I I will just have to buy it at this point. (laughs) So mine is... I was stuck on this one. Okay. So I originally wrote down Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig, And I know that most people's go-to would be reasons to stay alive, but I suffer with anxiety and had a really, really bad uh, bout of anxiety and like a a really big big dip in my mental health in 2021, I want to say. And that's when I went on anxiety medication because it had got too much. And that is one of the books that I picked up at the time and it massively helped me. And I feel like uh, reasons to stay alive is a great book I, I really respect Matt, Matt Haig and I know that different people feel differently about him but I personally really like him and I love both of those books but Reasons to Stay Alive is very much about struggling with depression and about you know helping mm. a person to think about the positive things in the world and you know ultimately give somebody hope that mm. there are things you know worth keeping on for. Notes on a Nervous Planet helped me because it felt specific to anxiety and specific to my own struggles and I also think that even if somebody isn't I feel a, like it's a bit more generalized isn't it I feel like if you yes. give reasons to stay alive you're saying yeah. you are mentally unwell and I think you need this yes yes <laughs> it, you'd have to be it would well, exactly yeah it'd have to be like a certain person that's going to understand the way in which you intended it yes. whereas like notes on a nervous planet is also generally looking at like exactly yeah you know, anxiety that's everybody all of us. 
everybody struggles with anxiety and it doesn't it doesn't need to be somebody that is on medication for it or somebody that, that heavily suffers with it everybody gets anxiety at some point in their life mm-hmm. so it feels very specific to everybody and I think that's you know quite a talent to have achieved that and it, it really helped me at a time in my life when I needed it the most and I mm-hmm. had held off on reading it up until that time and I think it'll resonate with so many people for so many different reasons I, yeah I just think it's very important in that sense so I would really recommend that and I would gift that to people I also toyed with saying Love and Saffron by Kim Fay. have you read that no it's a gorgeous book and it completely flew under the radar and it's a novel and it's told how it's told is between like letters between these two women and um they they don't know each other and I can't remember how they come to writing letters to each other but it's it's about like love and friendship and heartbreak and food as well and Mm. they I don't know if it's like they accidentally send a letter to each other but then they end up becoming really good friends but they're from completely different worlds and Mm. it is just a really really gorgeous story and really heartwarming And I think like this time of year when like a lot of people are feeling lonely or they're feeling low or, you know, people find it quite sad. And, you know, for for multiple reasons, people like grieve at this time of year. This is Mm. just a kind of book that I found really uplifting without being cheesy or without, you know, it's not trying to do too much. It just is Mm -hmm. this really profound book because it is. So I would definitely give this to somebody. And I feel like not enough people have read it. So that would be mine. (laughs) Okay, what is your ghost of Christmas yet to come, which is an author that you want a book from in the near future? See, this one I found really hard. This was the one I got stuck on because I was like, I don't, because then I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that I particularly have one author that I'm waiting on because I don't really have one author who's like my favoritest ever author. Um, I don't even really have a favorite book. Like I have favorites from the year, but I'm always like, people are like, what's your favorite? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, it changes all the time. Um, so I landed on, I actually had two people, which is cheating a bit, but I just didn't know. That's so fine. I won another one from RF Kwong. Okay. Um, so obviously Yellowface, Babel, The Poppy Wars. She is just really talented, like across the board. Like she's mm-hmm. done multiple different types of books. And they've all been brilliant. So I just, I am excited for what she does next because I'm just intrigued. I feel like she's got so much skill that will be really interesting to see what she does. And I know I'm going to like it because I've liked everything despite them being different. And then the other one, Jen Began, who did Big Swiss. Yes, love I re- Big Swiss. I really liked Big Swiss. I thought that the relationship between the characters was so interesting. And I just found the book really interesting because not a whole lot happens and it's, but it's so good and meaningful and and also funny and that's being adapted too isn't it the person that's adapting it I can't remember her name so I do apologize if she happens to listen to this she come into the shop and I was like really excited mm-hmm. um oh yeah she was like working on the adaptation and I was like oh that's it's so Jodie cool Comer, isn't it it's Jodie Comer that's gonna be in it yeah also love her. amazing <laughs> um yeah so I I really loved that and I I just thought it was brilliant so I'm really intrigued to see whether she's gonna release more books and whether it's gonna hit the spot but what about you what's your Christmas Christmas yet to coming? come yeah that's the <laughs> I... one I was like <laughs> I am going to be such a basic bitch and I really want a book from Sally Rooney. Mm, I'm waiting for another Sally Rooney really Mm -hmm. impatiently. I thought we were going to get one this year, but apparently not. And I was really, I've been holding out hope that there's going to be one next year, but there's been nothing mentioned Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet. 
but um, it, I also think they could end up like dropping something and like not giving tons of warning because I think everyone's going to be going obsessed and they'll probably exactly. publishers will get tons of people being like, they I want to prove, I want to prove. They can do that with her. Like it's, it's you know, like Beyonce dropping an album like, <laughs> tomorrow mm-hmm. and just being like, surprise. And like everyone would just download it and it would, you know, be huge mm. regardless. So I feel like Sally Rooney can kind of do what she wants in that sense. <laughs> So yeah, I am Bye-bye. very excited for a new book from Sally Rooney and that is what I want. Let us talk about books that are coming next year that you think mm-hmm. should be on everybody's pre-order list for next year. So okay. Seth, what books are you excited for for 2024 or what books do you think everybody should be reading next year? Okay, so I've gone with the ones that I'm most excited for and there's three that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more, but currently on my radar are these three. Uh, Sandwich by Catherine <gasps> Newman. Yes. So Catherine Newman wrote, um, we all want impossible things um, with the yellow cover and it was beautiful. And oh my God, I just thought that was such an incredible novel, such a brilliant debut as well. And just the way she talks about grief and friendship. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I just thought it was a brilliant, brilliant book. I really, really loved it. So she's got a new one coming out. I think it's the 6th of June next year. So it's not for a while, but I know that I've got proof on the way. So I'm very, (laughs) very excited. It just, it just sounds really, really brilliant. It's kind of like family. I think it's in Cape Cod. The idea of sandwich being that she's sandwiched between like her parents and her children and all her family around her. So yeah, it's, it sounds really interesting. It sounds different to the last one, but really good. Um, The second one I'm really excited for is Nuclear Family by Kate Davies. Oh my gosh. I love Kate Davies. Um, In at the Deep End was her debut hilarious and so good and so raunchy yeah like spicy funny just really good um yeah and it was like a queer rom-com of sorts um and I loved it so she's got a new one nuclear family coming out 24th of Feb by Harper Collins yeah this one I'm not sure like whether it's yeah I'm just intrigued I really loved it at the deep end I recommend it to loads of customers um and it's always kind of stuck on my mind since I read it a few years ago mm-hmm. so I was kind of really excited when I saw her name pop up I was just like oh she's finally doing another one like that's great because she kind of like yeah did this and then I didn't hear anything else from her so that I'm really excited for and then the last one that I'm really excited for is Small Hours by Bobby Palmer yes oh my gosh I forgot about this yes I so can't that, wait that comes out 14th of March again I'm pretty sure Bobby said he's going to send me over a proof um he's waiting for the next batch to be printed which I'm really excited about because I can't wait till March oh um gosh. and that's published by Headline and yeah Isaac and the Egg was so like so good so weird so good so brilliant like just really strange um but really beautiful and I just loved it I kind of yeah loved that weird little egg thing I thought it was brilliant and I'm I'm really excited to kind of see what small hours will be like and see where I'll go with it because it could go anywhere after after Isaac and the Egg love that there's so many goodies on there and um I like I said before I'll be popping a link in the show notes for people to pre-order those they can pre-order those from you can't they I can indeed well there we go <laughs> now I have also got to squeeze in this question because I heard through the grapevine that there is a new bookish podcast on the horizon I don't know yeah what, do you know anything about that 
Yes, I do. So um, I am launching a podcast. Uh, it actually goes live tomorrow when we're recording this. It actually goes live Wednesday, the 20th of December. Oh my God. Um, so by the time this episode comes out, I believe it will be uh, out in the world. It will be. Yeah, it's called Novel Thoughts. It's with myself. And then I've got two co-hosts, Joseph and Michelle. And we're all very obsessed with books. Um, and we kind of get together once a week and deep dive on different books. We take turns choosing them. And then we also share lots of recommendations in terms of what we've been reading. And we have listeners calling in, asking for recommendations. Oh it's fun. Gosh. It's very fun. And I've always wanted a book podcast. So I'm real excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to listen as well. Um, and I think it's so cool that there's three of you doing it and you weren't friends beforehand, were you? No, I know both of them through the bookshop. So I've never like before this, we'd never really hung out aside from the times they'd come in to buy books and chat about books. Right. But they both, I put a call out for like a pod wife or a pod husband or a pod <laughs> person. Um, and they were both really interested in doing it. And then I kind of thought, okay, actually it could be really beneficial being like local because we yeah. could actually meet up and it would get me out of the house because I don't leave my house very often. <laughs> <laughs> Such a homebody. So yeah, I, I mean, I love it. It's really fun. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had a great time so far recording. So I'm just excited for it to go out into the I world. I can't wait to listen. And I can pop a link to that in the show notes, can't I? I think so. so gorgeous well they can all find a link to your podcast in our show notes which is very exciting sapphire thank you so much for joining me for this christmas special there was lots more festive questions i could have chucked in there but i think we just got so lost in the books which uh, it wouldn't be a bookish podcast if that didn't happen. <laughs> totally. Oh, thank you for having me. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> and happy new year, because this will be oh, yes. our last episode until January. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Sapphire, if they want to follow you, where can they find you? Uh, multiple places, really. You can either <laughs> find me on Book Bodega or the Coven Girl Gang. I often post more kind of like about my journey and Book Bodega is more about like just books. Gorgeous. <laughs> and listeners, as always, if you do enjoy this episode, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe as it helps to boost us in the charts. And you can follow us at A Pair of Bookends pod on Instagram and at A Pair of Bookends on Twitter and TikTok. But that is all we've got time for. Have the most gorgeous Christmas. I hope it's full of books and you get all of the best books under your tree and not, I don't know, some... What's a really horrible book to get on your tree? I don't know, but hopefully. People in the trees. Hopefully, they (laughs) kept the receipt. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Bye.